Hey, Bridge City Church, White Oak. How you doing this morning? Y'all doing good? Come on, let's give God a great, great big hand. So, so great that you're here with us today. And uh, I also want to recognize everybody online. People in White Oak here, can we just welcome everybody online? Thank you for being here. You guys rock and you rule. Thank you so much for being here. Here we are, unless the Lord builds the house. Here it is, unless the Lord builds the house. Why have we been taking so much time communicating with you about homes and households? This is why we live in a culture, in a society right now, which is not a Christian culture or society. We don't even live in a tolerant society anymore. We live in an anti-Christian, anti-biblical culture right now. And if there was ever a time for God's people and followers of Jesus, which I'm here with a great, great group of followers of Jesus, we need to know what we stand for and what we believe because our homes need to be built on Jesus Christ. How many of you have ever been frustrated with something that has happened in our country? How many have ever been frustrated maybe with our city or our communities? Maybe even the church or even children? I believe I'm going to give you the common denominator today. The common denominator is homes and households. I believe the common denominator is when homes are built according to God's plan, things work. I didn't say they're perfect, but they work. And so I want to start today with a, with a verse we've been launching every week out of, and it's Psalm 127, verse 1. Unless the Lord builds a house, those who build it labor in vain. Unless the Lord watch over the city, the watchman stays awake in vain. Here it is. Unless God's doing it, it's in vain. It's empty. It's useless. It does not work. How many of you out there are tired of doing things that don't work? Listen, I'm tired of it. I want to do something that works, something that's effective, something that's fruitful, something that's productive. That's what I want to be a part of here. Now, how many of you have ever lived in a home? I hope that's everybody, everybody watching online. I hope you, because I didn't say a, a, a house as in a, a freestanding house, but you can have an apartment and that be your home. That's your household. And I'm speaking to households today. So if you have a household, this is for you today. Now, I don't know about you, but how many guys out there, you, I think you're going to relate to this. How many of you ever tried to fix something in your home or repair something or make something better? There's three things that I learn about every home project. Number one, it's going to take a lot more money than I thought it would. Right? I mean, it's going to take money. Put it that way. Come on. And number two here, it's always going to take more trips to the store than I ever thought possible. I mean, what, what turns out to be one trip, I got everything, turns into two to three to four. And so there's a repeated occurrence that needs to happen. Right? Number three, what I've learned is I learned if it's going to be done right, I am going to need to get the help from somebody else. Now, I, I can be honest with you. There's been times in my life I've been stubborn and not done that quickly. And guess what? It's cost me more money. <laughs> but those are the things that happen in our homes and our households that if we're not built on, on Jesus Christ and, and, and built like this, listen, listen, we're here to, to help your household get better. We're here to help your household, you know, be, be stronger. And it's going to take money and repeated tri trips, and it's going to take others to help you. Now, in fixing things in our homes, there's different sets of tools that we can use. 
And what I want to start off with is some tools that maybe we use to fix our home. But I'm not just talking about our households. I'm talking about relationships. Now, I'm wearing this shirt today. I love my wife. And to show you what an anti-Christian culture that we live in, I'm telling you, I wear this, I wear this out, and I get two responses all the time. What did you do wrong? First response, what did you do wrong? What are you trying to make amends for? I want to let you know I didn't do anything wrong, and my wife did not make me wear this shirt. And the second is, is did you lose a bet? That's the second thing. Did you lose a bet? I didn't lose a bet. Listen, I am very proud and very honored to say that I have loved Natalie 32 and a half years. She's been the only woman for me. And, uh, and listen, has it been easy? No. But, but, but we're, we've made it. And see, when we're in a relationship, we're tempted to use different tools, different kinds of tools. Now, I'm going to review some of the tools that we use in our relationships. Now, first of all, I want to say that when I, was, when, when I got married, for, uh, I used to say I've never been to a wedding shower. And that's not true. I just realized just recently. I actually was at my own wedding shower. I worked at Mercy Hospital. I was a nurse, and they had a wedding shower for me. I forgot all about it. And they actually got me a toolbox. Now, personally, I think that's kind of sexist, but they got me a toolbox, okay? <laughs> I just think that's kind of sexist, but they did that. And so this isn't my toolbox. Mine's buried under a bunch of stuff in my garage. I can't get to it right now. So in a toolbox, we have different things that we want to fix our spouse. How many of you have a spouse that needs fixed? Yeah, I know some of you were like, is that, is that a trick question? How many of you are the spouse that needs to be fixed? Okay, we have some really great, honest people here today. I know everybody online saying the same thing. That's me, hey. But we, listen, we try to fix our spouse, and these are some of the things that we try to fix our spouse with. Number one, we have a hammer. A hammer. A hammer can fix anything. Now, a hammer represents anger. And many of us have been trying to fix our relationships in our homes built on anger. We have been trying to fix everything. You just get more angry. If I can get more angry, more angry, more angry. How's that working out for you? And this is, a, this is it. Now, everybody has a hammer. There's a cause of your anger. But we use it by choice. Just because you have anger doesn't mean you have to use it. It's a choice that you pick up that hammer and use it. And so we try to fix our relationships with anger. And when a little bit of anger doesn't work, we get a lot more angry. The second thing we, we like to use is we like to use a saw. Now, now, now this is the saw. I, my, my dad, this is when I grew up. This is what he used. How many of y'all remember that? How many of y'all are old school? Yeah, old school is a good school. Come on. Yeah. And, and it's not that we didn't have power when I was younger. It's just that was what he chose to use. I'm just trying to help you. This saw represent words that hurt, words of criticism and words of contempt. And we all use words to hurt at times. As a matter of fact, to be honest with you, I know what words I can use against Natalie to cut her. And there's been times I've been angry and got the hammer out. And when that didn't work, I got the saw out and I tried to cut her up. I'm not proud of that. I'm not saying I'm right. I'm just saying I've used words of contempt and criticism. And we cut one another. 
And that doesn't work either. The next tool that we all tend to use is, is we tend to use a screwdriver. Now, there's been more than once in my, in my world that I said, I said, I didn't know how to fix something, and the hammer didn't work. I pulled out a screwdriver and said, that'll do it. <laughs> doesn't matter what kind it is. I just said, that'll do it. I'm going to pry it loose or, or, or tighten it. I'm going to do something with this. Whether it's the right kind or not, I'm going to use it. This represents manipulation. In many couples in, in relationships, that we use manipulation with one another. Don't we? If, listen, if my anger doesn't work, if my words don't work, I'm just going to try to manipulate you to get you to do what I want you to do. That never works either. The next thing that we try to use are called earplugs. Now, we put these earplugs in when we, when we know that they're talking, but we really don't want to hear what they're saying. How many of you ever tried earplugs? I love the honesty. Come on. I have. Like, I just put them in there. I know there's, I know there's some voice being spoken, but I don't know what it is. I'm just going to keep going. Many of us try earplugs. Last but not least, what we use and we're really good at is we love to use duct tape. And listen, there's not a problem in the world that can't be solved with some duct tape. Am I right? I mean, come on. We just need some duct tape. And there's times I'm like, Natalie, you just get over here. I'm going to fix you. I'm going to fix our problem. When really what I should be doing is this. How many of you know this doesn't solve problems, but this would? Duct tape represents a, a quick fix. And many of us want a quick fix for our homes. We want a quick fix for our relationships. We want a quick fix for all these things, and it doesn't work. How many of you have ever tried to use these five things in, in, in relationships? How many of you ever tried these? Whether it's a, a married couple or maybe in a dating relationship or maybe not, just even a friendship. How many of you have ever used those? I've tried all five at different times. And I just want to tell you they don't work. What if I were to tell you there's a better way? What if I were to give you three tools that could be really helpful to help your home, your household, be really built on the promises of God and really be established with Him? What if I were to tell you that was true? What would marriages at Bridge City Church and in Pittsburgh and in our state and our country look like if we could build our lives on principles that really, really do work? Are you ready for them? Here we go. We're going to go to one verse in the Old Testament. In 2 Chronicles chapter 7, verse 14. Now this is at a time in history in the Old Testament. And where Solomon, who was one of the wisest men ever, he was dedicating a temple, a, a physical temple where they would worship. He was dedicating it to God. And God gave them some instructions. Now, this would be my subheading to this. My subheading to this is this, is that the principle is how to live in a foreign land with godly principles. Church, may I suggest to you, we live in a foreign land when you're a follower of Jesus Christ. To where I love my wife on my shirt. Listen, that's foreign. And I'll be honest with you, I put it on this morning, I knew I was coming to church, it fit the message, it was cool, and then I realized I'm going to lunch after this. And I said, I'm going to wear it because I love when I wear it because everybody looks. What's wrong with you? No, that's what happens, and I, but I'm, no, I'm, 
Listen, we live in a foreign land, but we need principles we can live by. So here we go. I'm going to give you one verse here. Then if my people, who are God's people today? Do we have any God's people here today? Do we have any God's people here today? Come on, help your, I'm going to help your household here today. Who are called by name, my name will humble themselves and pray and seek my face and turn from their wicked ways. I will hear from heaven and I will forgive their sins and heal their land. Here's three tools that I think are much better than these three tools. These five tools. Here we go, three of them. We need to humble ourselves. Now, why did I say ourselves? Because it's much easier for me to stand up here and say, you need to humble yourself. It's much easier for me to stand up here, say everybody driving up and down the road out here around our communities, they need to humble themselves. No, how about we in Jesus' church humble ourselves? The next is, is that we would pray and seek God. How would your home, your household, whether you have anybody living in it but you or maybe your family, how would it be different if we stopped every time there was a problem and said, let's pray and ask Jesus what he thinks? How would that differ? How would your household be different? Third is, is turn from our wicked ways. How many of you realize you have some wicked ways still left inside of you? Okay, let's dive into some of these tools I'm going to help you with. Number one is humility. It's humble. Here it is. It's found 36 times in the Bible. It means to bring low, bring in a subjection, subdue, submit. That's a word we don't like in our culture, but it's a powerful word. I want to tell you that God gives grace and favor to the humble. How many of you would like more of God's favor and grace in your life? Come on, I I would. And it starts with humility. But I hear many people pray a prayer that's not really biblical, and that's God make me humble. Do you know that that's not a biblical prayer? In one of the verses there, 1 Peter, it communicates, humble yourself, and God will lift you up. Humility is what we do. God's favor is what he does. So when I submit to God's ways, he shows up. He begins a healing process. So when I bow down, I become lower, God becomes higher. That's a powerful place to be. But see, in our culture, humility is viewed. Who wants to be humble? Stick up for yourself. You have rights. You let your voice be known. Come on, do you hear it? I hear it all the time. And it's not the way of God here. So I'm going to bring up two examples for you. Now, there's many people in the room right now. Maybe you're in a relationship Maybe it hasn't gone well. Maybe a previous relationship hasn't gone well, a marriage or a dating relationship. Maybe some things you've done haven't turned out well. I want to let you know you're in good company. Because in the Bible, it's very difficult to find good examples of of, of households and marriages. I'm just being honest with you. Let's think about this. First three chapters of the Bible, Genesis, first book of the Bible, first three chapters, Adam and Eve. Adam and Eve, created by God, given everything. They ate the forbidden fruit. What did they do? They went and they hid themselves and they blamed each other. When they hid and blamed, there were curses that we're still experiencing today as a result of. Hiding and blaming does not work. There's another example, King David, another prominent figure in the Old Testament. He was the one that slew Goliath. He was a king. David, in the midst of uh, doing really, really good, committed some horrible acts. Number one, 
he committed adultery. And then he committed murder. And then he lied about it. How many of you think those are three pretty serious things? When he was confronted with his sin by a, by a prophet, what he did was he cried, he humbled himself, he wept, and he returned to God. Write down Psalm 51, and you're going to see the story of David and what he went through in his returning to God. What I'm trying to communicate for you today is there's between the real and the ideal, there's a tension we all live in. There's a tension that we live in within, in marriage and in relationships and in the church that we have to battle this, the reality of I know what's going on in my life and I know the ideal of what God has. Does anybody here ever feel that tension? In regular life, whether you're married or not, we feel it. And there's this tension that's going on all the time. And we have to battle this tension. But I believe humility and returning to God is the first step in healing and the first step of returning to him and the first step of experiencing him. Because a broken person before God is a great, great thing to be. I want to tell you, listen, 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 I want to tell you, the devil hates your marriage. He hates anything to do with what represents Jesus. Your spouse is not the enemy. The devil is our enemy that wants to steal, kill, and destroy and take you out. And if you think you're above that, you're already a couple steps down the road too far. You're already, listen, you're already way down the road. We got to get serious with this here. And just because you messed up does not mean that you can't be restored and whole and that your household can be lived with the purposes of God with humility. So what does humility look like? Let me give you three things. Number one, we need an accountability partner. We need a somebody that can help us through the times in our lives that we can be honest. That means I need a man of God that I can confide in, that I can I can. I can receive input from, I can confess my sins one to another like the Bible communicates and that can help me. And women need other women in their lives. That takes humility. Then also we need to, we need to realize and identify what needs to be changed in our lives. Now I love to make lists of all the things that Natalie needs to change. Now I'm going to be honest with you, I don't write them out, but I know where they are. Anybody with me here? Mm -hmm. Come on, we do. If they would only change these three things, life would be better in this house. Why don't we stop taking our list with our spouse to God, and why don't we make a list for ourselves and take that one to God? No, I'm sure that's, that's humility. The next thing is, is admit when you need help. Admit. When you need help, ask for help. That's the most powerful thing I can give you right now. It's so powerful. Just about three weeks ago, our car, the one Natalie primarily drives, which is the nicer car. Why? Because I love my wife. And when we were going downhill and you would press on the brake, 
it would make a certain noise. And every time it made a noise, she would say to me, we need to get that fixed. And I said the same thing to her. It's okay. It's all right. I got this. I'll do it. Next time it's in for an oil change, we'll get it looked at. And my solution was, is if it's making the noise going downhill when you press the brakes, just don't go downhill. (laughs) One problem, we live in Pittsburgh. And so this kept happening repeatedly. Every day or so when we'd be together in the car, it would make a noise, and she'd say, can we please get that looked like? I know I'm, I'm, t- I'm busy. I, I got this. It's okay. Don't worry, babe. It's going to be fine. It's, not, it's, not, it's okay. There's no lights on the dash. Until just um, two weeks ago, I'm in the office, and she sends me a text, and then she calls me, and she's walking home from the dealership. Now, I want to let you know, she was not mad. She was not upset. She didn't, she wasn't like, you know, you, you wouldn't do it. She never accused me, never criticized, and there was no contempt on her. So don't you hear that in the name of Jesus. Now, I want to let you know, the first thing I thought was, why'd she do that? I told her I'd take care of it. Why is she going to get help from somebody else? It's probably going to cost a lot of money. That was my, that was my response. Now, in, in later on that day, we went and picked up the car, in here, what we learned was, is the car really was really low on oil. Now, that's how secure I am in my manhood. I'm not afraid to tell you that our car was low on oil, okay? It's okay. And, 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 it, and it, only cost, it didn't cost that much. We got it fixed. It was all taken care of. She never once said anything to me negative, never once said anything hurtful, anything at all. Why am I telling you this story? There's a card on your seat, on every other seat. If you're married here today or in a relationship, whether it's boyfriend, girlfriend, or or if you live in a house, you can hold one of these cards. I want you just to hold it. I believe there's a lot riding on today's message. You know, pastors could say that all the time, but I'm telling you right now, I believe there's a lot riding on what I'm communicating to you right now. There's a lot. What Natalie did, she saved us having to need a whole new engine in our car. And I thank God that she did that. You're going to have the opportunity today in your marriage to sign up to get mentored for your marriage. To, to sit down with another couple, not a trained therapist, not a counselor, in this, in this White Oak campus right now, in all across all of our campuses, we have trained uh, over 20 couples in how to help marriages. And you're going to have the opportunity today to sign up and say that I would like to be mentored in my marriage. Well, we don't have any problems. My car's not making any noise. <laughs> <laughs> you, you just turned the radio off. That's all you did. <laughs> so if you have a marriage that, would, that it's, it's going good, but you'd like to make it better, you're going to put your name, you're going to fill this out, and you're going to drop it in the, the uh, offering receptacle over there when you leave. If you're online right now, there's going to be a website that you can do. 
And you can actually go on that website and sign up right now that you and your spouse, or maybe you're engaged, and you'd like to get a good start to your marriage. We want to help you. And this is one way that we're going to help you. We're going to have you sign up. Matter of fact, everybody is going to, going to turn in a card today. That way, when you leave here, nobody's going to be able to, look, they have problems. They, we're not, we ain't going to play that game here. Do you understand me? We don't do that. So everybody's going to turn one in. And if you choose not to want help, that's no problem. But we're going to offer it. How, how would you benefit if you sat down with somebody, eyeball to eyeball, another couple, and you just, you just got help and received help from them? Maybe identified a few blind spots. Maybe identified a few things. Just maybe it would save you from needing a whole new engine in your marriage if you would just fix the problem and put some oil in your marriage. So men out there, and before we're done today, there's many of you, your wife is going to look at you, and she's going to give you that look like, are you willing? And you can do like I did with the car. You can say, I got this. Don't worry about it. We'll get it fixed. It's, it's, it's no big deal. We're doing good. Or you can allow her to save you a whole new engine. You pick. I'm good either way. But I'm asking you to please consider. We have trained people equipped to help you. That's what we want for you. But it's going to take humility. It's going to take a humility that you just, you're willing to submit to getting help from somebody else. I want you to hold on to that card while I'm preaching. If you're, if you're a couple, I just want you to hold that card the whole time. If you want to start filling it out at any time, you start filling it out. And you say, well, we've been married a long time. This is as good as it gets. Don't ever say that. Don't ever say that. 32 and a half years of marriage, we're still getting better. It's still getting better. Let's move on to number two. Pray and seek God. Pray and seek God. The Bible is our blueprint. Just maybe God has good ideas. But we need to stop using Jesus as a consult and use him to be our master builder. Amen. See, too many people in our lives, in our homes, we're using Jesus as, you bless what I'm doing. You be the consult when Jesus wants to be the master builder. So there's two ways you can draw up plans for your marriage. One is, is like this. This is our plans. We just kind of draw them up. There's a garage, there's an extra room, there's some storage, there's a little bit of this. And it, 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 it looks all right, don't it? But God has a better plan. God has this. Which one would you rather live in? No, which one? Go back to the first one. Go back to the, you, can either, you can either pick the first one or the second one. I think God's plans are better. And we wonder why we're crumbling because we're not asking Jesus first. And one of the things I love about my wife, and this is just one of the many, many things. I'm just going to tell you this. It's one of, the, one of, the, one of her, my favorite attributes of her. When, over the years, when we've had to make tough decisions, every time we've made a tough decision, she has said, what does God want? What do I see in the Bible? And that has been her decision. She says that. That's why I value this woman. Because she's, she's typically, and I'm going to be honest, She'll say, let's pray and seek God, sometimes even before I will. Men out there, I'm just like you. I have a dread terror of praying with my wife. You're the pastor. You pray for everybody. See, it's easy for me to stand up here and pray for you. 
This is easy. This woman knows me. She knows my faults. She knows my hang-ups. She knows everything on me. And I'm so afraid sometimes that that if I go to pray with her, she's just going to look at me and say, really? When really I think that's what she should do. But after 32 and a half years, she's never done that. I realize that when I simply will pray with her, and I say, let's seek God. Let's ask Jesus what he thinks. That's when we're our strongest. But we need to ask God and go back to the blueprint. And we wonder why things aren't working. And we just got to do this. We got to seek God. What does he say? And it works. It's redeeming. Now let me, let me press pause. And let me speak to all ladies out there that would like to be married. Don't raise your hand. Just, I know you'd like to be married at some point in your life. Let me just tell you this right now. If he doesn't love Jesus, I didn't say is he perfect, but if he doesn't love Jesus and want to know more about him, and you can't be equally what the Bible calls yoke, like walk together and try to figure out who this God is together, then you need to look at him and say, you go figure that out. I'm worth the wait. No, I'm serious. I, listen, I don't care how cute, cute he is, how strong he is, what kind of job he has. I don't care all those other things. I don't even care if he holds the door for you. That lasts typically about one week after marriage. I'm not proud. I'm just being honest. <laughs> Are you with me? Guys out there, let me speak to you, the guys out there. Let me speak to you right now. I don't care how hot, sexy cute, shapely. I don't care if she is Bambi the love goddess. Okay, do you understand me? I don't really care. If she doesn't love Jesus, you need to tell her, we got to work this out. We're going to love Jesus in this relationship. I didn't say it's perfect. I didn't say I know all the Bible. I didn't say, but we're going to, we know that unless the Lord builds the house, it's in vain. So if you're going to go forward in a relationship that that person doesn't at least want to know God, then it's in vain. I'm trying to help you. I'm trying to save you money. Are you with me? How many of y'all thought that was good? Number three, turn from our wicked ways. What would our houses look like? What would your home look like? If everybody in your home said, we're going we're gonna to live in humility in this house, and we're going to pray and seek God. We don't, we don't even know what that means sometimes. We're going to figure it out. I don't know what, even, what that means sometimes. I'm being honest with you. I'm trying to figure it out just like you. But what would happen if we said, I have some some fleshly ways to deal with things, and I have some ways that I want to deal with them, and I have some patterns in my life that need to be dealt with, and I have some patterns. I have some wicked ways, and people ask me all the time, how do you know if it's a work of God or a work of the flesh? That's a common Christian phrase, and and I say it like this. Anytime I want to do what I want to do because I want to do it, that's usually not God. There it is. I just, you know, I think I deserve. I want. I want her to pay. 
I want her to get it right. I want her to do this. That's my flesh. That's my own pattern that i got to break that pattern. And we want to help you in your relationships break the patterns in your life. How many of y'all got some patterns out there? Am I right? How's all these tools working for you? Not good. So we need to turn from our wicked ways and, 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 and find out what are we going to do get, to get out of that here, to stop that here. Now listen, we need to start listening to some godly input. Now there's people, every, there's a, many people that are listening to me and many people here today. Guys, you have, a, you have a guy at work that's telling you, you don't need to do what she, what she says. You need to be your own man. You, you deserve a night out. You deserve a night out all night long and she doesn't need to know where you are. Let me give you some help on how to deal with these people that are giving you ungodly input. There's women here. You're, you're, you've, you have these women at work. Maybe their hearts are trying to be right, but they're saying, you know, you don't need to listen to him. You don't need to serve him. You don't need to do anything with him. You, you can spend whatever money you want. He just has to deal with it. Let me give you some help on how to deal with this. What you need to do is look them right in the face with lots of love and compassion that Jesus has. I want you to look at them and say, shut up. No, I'm telling you, you need to just tell them to shut up. There's some, there's some friends at school, some young people here, and you're saying, well, it doesn't matter. He's so cute. You just go ahead out with him. You don't need to listen to your parents. Look at them and say, shut up. It, this is the one time it's okay to say shut up. I'm giving you permission. Because they're going to say, that's rude. And you're going to say, shut up. You can tweet this. I'm good. No, I'm telling you, people are going to give you bad advice. And you need to tell them, stop it. I'm not listening to that. What are you going to listen to? Somebody's going to pull apart your marriage or somebody's going to build it? You're going to listen to somebody who's going to help build you into a man of God and a woman of God and a, and a household for God? Or are you going, to let, you're going to let somebody pull it apart? How do you get ready for a marriage? Let me help you. Start getting, married. Start getting ready now. Well, I don't even know who I'm going to marry yet. So start getting ready. You have extra time. No, seriously, start getting ready now. Start becoming the best you. I tell guys all the time. Guys come to me and say, how do you know if you're ready to get married? Really simple. If you can't look at the grass in the front of your house and know that it needs to be cut, cut it, clean it up, and clean the yard up, you're not ready for a woman. Because many guys want to get married, and they say, I'm going to get married because, you know, getting married is going to make me a man. Getting married is going to make you realize how much of a man you ain't. <laughs> now, I could use the same way with women right now, couldn't I, ladies? Come on. It goes both ways. I'm just picking on the guys because it's easier for me to do that. I'm not saying it's easier for me to communicate that right now. Is that okay? But we need to turn from our wicked ways establish them and get rid of the bad patterns we have and establish some good ones. And what's going to happen? God is going to hear from heaven and restore the land. And you know what God wants to do in our land right now, in, in, our, in our community, Pittsburgh, 
and in McKeesport and White Oak and East McKeesport. Come on, in North Huntington and Elizabeth and all of our other campuses, wherever they're located. What God wants to do is heal our land. And how God wants to heal our land is one household at a time. Are you ready to fill out this card and say, I'm ready to get, I'm ready to get some help? I'm ready, I'm ready to, I'm ready to sign me up. Sign me up. God wants to restore. He wants to heal. He wants to repair. He wants to mend. He wants to bring transformations here. You know, just yesterday, just yesterday, as we were training couples to to do this marriage mentoring, listen, you got to hold this card. Start filling it out. Start filling it out. You're going to drop it off. We sat with a, a young couple from right here at White Oak. Not trained therapists, not counselors. Natalie and I, we were sitting across the table from them. And um, identified, in it, not a major issue, but an issue. And within about 10 to 15 minutes, about 15 minutes, about 12, 15, right in there, they helped us solve a problem. Now, I'm going to be honest with you. That first 10 minutes, they were agitating the heaven out of me. But the last fi- last five minutes, they got the hell out of me. See what I did there? And what I'm trying to say is we had to be honest and open. We had to be humble and say, God, help us. And just a couple, oh, there's a couple minutes. It was like, this is good. And we looked at them, and, and I was like, yeah, you're good. What I'm trying to tell you is after 32 and a half years, I still got things I got to learn. I can get better, and you can get better too. And you don't need, you just need somebody to sit there and help you. Are you ready to get some help? Are you ready to dare to be different? Are you ready to dare to be different in your, in your household? And say, listen, you say, well, I'm not married right now. That's fine. Well, I'm going to live with humility. I'm going to live seeking God first. This is going to mark our household. Don't you think those are good values for anybody's household? This is how our, our world's going to change, one household at a time. Now I'm going to close up here in just a minute. I'm going to close with one story here. Um, a lot of years ago. Thank God it was so many years ago. Natalie and I went through a really dark time. It was one of the darkest times of our lives. A lot of things were happening in our life. Uh, I thought I thought our marriage was over. Matter of fact, every day when I got home, I, I didn't know she'd be there or not. I'm not blaming her. Uh, that's not my point. Don't hear that. I'm just saying we were at that point. And uh, we went like, it was like two and a half weeks. I mean, we, we acknowledged one another, but we really weren't talking. Because I, 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 it was bad. And that was an accumulation of months and months to get there. And I'll never forget, something happened to me that I want to share with you. And there was one day as I was just talking to God, not arguing, not fighting, just talking with God. I got a revelation. My revelation was this. And so I went home that day and I shared with her this. I went home, pulled her, pulled her close, and I said, babe, this is the deal. I don't know what you're going to do, but I know what I'm going to do. I'm going to spend the rest of my life convincing you that I love you. 
I don't know you. I don't know if you're going to leave. I don't know if you're staying. I don't know. You, you, you do whatever you need to do, but I know what I'm doing. I've charted my course. I've charted my way. I know my journey. She looked at me. And she just walked away. I'm not faulting her. That's, that, that's not the point. Please don't hear that. What I realized was it took another two weeks that we humbled ourselves. The pastor of the church had to humble himself. And we got help. And we had others pray and seek God with us. And we learned the patterns in our life and all the hiccups that we had along the way. And I can tell you, 15 years, 16 years now since that time, we're doing, we're, we're doing good. I didn't say perfect. Just like I said yesterday, we were working on things. I think there comes a point in every relationship you've got to decide what it is that you want. Are you going to decide it's going to be God's way or your way? That's really the point. What would it look like? I want you to dream with me what it would look like if all of us together in our households dared to be different and said, I just want to get, I just want to get a mentor. I'm pleading and begging with you to sign up. Ten weeks. Once a week, you're going to sit down with somebody for about an about 90 minutes. Just develop a relationship and see how you can get better. Oh, there's a cost to it. You're going to, you're, there's, there's materials you get. There's surveys you get. You're going to get a lot of help. I guarantee you, you go through that process, you're going to get better. And your household is going to be the envy of the neighborhood. I love it when people come to me and they say, what's the deal with you two? You act like you love each other. I said, we do. Can't you see? But what I'm trying to say is we made a decision we're going to live for one another, not for ourselves. Would you stand to your feet with me today? Unless the Lord builds the house. What I want to do is that we close. The worship team is going to lead us in a song today to close up. And I'm so glad that you're with us online. Thank you for being here. Again, fill that, go to the website, fill that out. We want to help you. I want to pray a blessing on homes and households today. Now, this doesn't mean only marriages or engagement. This means households. I just want to pray. Nobody's going to come and pray with you. I'm just going to speak a blessing on you, the favor of God. So if you're here today with your spouse... I'm just going to ask you to come on up front. Just close, just fill this area in. And if you're here today, you're a household of one, or maybe you have a roommate or somebody you're with here. Maybe you just want to say, I, I, I'd, I'd like a blessing. Somebody wants to bless me in Jesus' name. I'm all in. And so I just want you to move out of your seats and just come on up front. And just look at your spouse and say, hey, can we go together? Can we do this together? Come on, move up, move in. Move in, move up. And they're going to lead us in a song. And I just want you to worship 
with your spouse and worship together. And again, if you're by yourself and you just say, I just want to come up front. I want, to, I want some blessing. And come on up front. Move all the way up. Move all the way up. There's going to be a lot of people. Move all the way up. All the way up. And we're just going to worship Jesus together. We got to declare the power of the name. I can't remember. Power of the name. Let's worship Jesus together. Can we all just worship Jesus in this moment? Let's worship Jesus.